Today's lesson is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we have been heavy on the buying cars, buying property. So today I thought we could learn about investing in ourselves, investing in our mental health, building self-esteem, building self-awareness. Um, so today's lesson is actually going to be about that. How do we actively build self-esteem in a world that constantly tells us that we are lacking? And how do we become, how do we become more self-aware and how to cultivate emotional intelligence? So my journey with healing has been it probably started in 2018 and prior to that i was always the girl who wore sadness on her sleeve i used to think that being sad and constantly in my head um, all the time meant that i was deep and i had substance and i was conscious um, but i remember it not really feeling good so this all changed in 2018 when a girl, a woman <laughs> I know, joined um, a company that I was working for at the time. And she was always so happy and cheerful and just had light energy about her. She also sounded very enlightened. I remember thinking to myself, why is this Han always happy? Why is she always optimist optimistic? Why is she so self-aware and how does she become so confident? So after a lot of lunchtime conversations, I decided, I decided that I wanted what she had. I wanted the lightness, the constant happiness, the, enlighten, the enlightenment, etc. And so this is where my inner work and inner healing began. This Han, who changed the trajectory of my perceptions about myself and others, happens to be in studio today. And I think now is a good time to bring her in. I'm talking about Bonisa Laha. How are you doing, sis? <laughs> Hello, 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 the classroom peeps. How are you doing, family? Thank you so much for coming. Could you introduce yourself to my amazing audience, please? <laughs> I am Monisa Zaza, a transformation coach by passion and purpose, and an engineer by profession, which means I studied engineering, worked in engineering. So when me and B-Girl met, it was in an engineering mining company. But somewhere along the journey, uh, my soul, uh, that inner voice that asks you stuff that sometimes you're not ready to answer, kept saying to me, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And truthfully, it wasn't it. I enjoyed engineering, but it wasn't what my soul rejoiced doing. And that's how I transitioned into the world of coaching. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into it. I have a bunch of questions for you. Um, a lot of my peeps said that they want to learn how to be more self-aware, how to uh -huh. build confidence, how to build self-esteem. So we'll be diving into all of that. Um, I suppose my first point is um, Esther Perel. She's a psychotherapist. Um, she says self-esteem is the ability to recognize your flaws but still hold yourself in high regard. Mm. What are your views on that? And what does self-esteem mean to you? Woo! I love that. And I love <laughs> Esther. I love her so much. <laughs> oh, every time I listen to her, I'm in crisis. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I, so, I so love that. So the ability to hold yourself in high regard, regardless mm -hmm. of what you've done, that really is the core of us being in our essence, not defined by what we've done, and not longing to be seen in a certain light for us to feel good about ourselves, right? Firstly, not defined by what we've done and not longing, right, to be seen in a certain way based on what we've done. Because on days where we haven't responded the best way, then we could be, what to call it, killing ourselves internally, sabotaging ourselves internally, um, criticizing ourselves internally. So your ability to hold yourself in high regard, regardless of what you've done, really does help you develop your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. How I look at self-esteem is the quality of thought I keep having about myself. Oh, chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to insert those slender fingers. Okay. Continue. The quality of how you look at yourself. Yes. Um, the quality of thought I have about myself mm -hmm. and, and how it shifts based on what I think I deserve at the time. So we, I, I call ourselves the judge, the jury, the victim, the lawyer. Mm. You, you are all in one. And at any time, you could decide to be a prosecutor. Ooh. Right? How often am I my prosecutor? And is that prosecution necessary? 
or will I use that opportunity to reflect and to learn, mm. right? So where does the, that thought come from? And can I give myself grace to investigate, interrogate the quality of the thought? Mm. Because if I haven't done right, if I am at a healthy space with myself, I will be able to give myself feedback in a kind, loving manner, mm. how we do with children. Mm. Right? We don't tell children, oh, you suck, or you this, or you that. Mm. But how often do we tell ourselves you suck because maybe I missed going to gym or maybe I ate too much pizza or whatever the case is. The things that I think I want to work on but I'm not working on, when that is not aligned, what do I say to myself about myself and mm. what do I think to myself about myself? So it is the quality mm. of the thought I keep thinking about myself. Girl. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So would you say then, um, if you are on a journey of trying to build your self-esteem, for example, mm. it's been torn down by society, parents, mm. friends, etc. Um, if I'm on a process or on a journey of wanting to rebuild my self-esteem, how do I go about doing that? Ooh, I love that. So let's first take one step back. Mm -hmm. That's the voice in your head. It, it, it either enhances you or takes you down. First step is to understand what I'm saying right now. Is it making me better mm. or not? Is it making me feel better or not? Is it making me get up or not? I find that there's no amount of ridicule that will ever make me do better. Mm. There is no amount of ridiculing myself that will ever make me do better in that situation. So we have to first investigate where did I learn to do this to myself? Oof. <laughs> make me cry. <laughs> where, where and when, mm. where and when did I learn to do this to myself? It means um, having courage to look at the authority figures in our lives, who I value. If it's my mom, if it's my dad, if it's my aunt or uncles, whoever raised me, mm. right? How did they speak to me? And how did it make me feel? Because we are finding ourselves as adults, but we are behaving like the people who raised us and we are feeling like the children we were. Mm. So questioning the authority figure in your life is very important. Mm -hmm. And then going now, remember now when we know where it comes from and we assess, did it make us feel good? We now have a responsibility. Mm. Am I going to continue to do what they used to do to me and now doing it myself? Or am I going to make the decision now to hold space for me to do differently by teaching myself to talk to myself differently? Mm -hmm. It is a responsibility. So when you say, how do we move into a better space in our self-esteem journey? We have to take responsibility for what we are saying to ourselves. We have to take responsibility for what we are thinking about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Having to de-associate that from whoever raised us. Mm -hmm. It is our responsibility. Sure. Okay. Hectic. So <laughs> say we've gone through now the process of, okay, um, this is where I learned it. This is what I am replicating. Mm. Maybe it's a relationship I had with my mom or my dad or etc. Now that I am aware of the source, mm. what then is it that we now change the way that we talk to ourselves in, in those situations? Yeah, like what is the process? Ooh. I love that. <laughs> I love that because that is deep work. Mm. For some people, what I, what I will say now, it should be easier to do for some, it won't. So there is, consider transformation as a surgery where you need to go into deep sleep and need someone who knows what to do to help you cut mm. where it hurts. So when we go and find where this thing started, it means we need courage to identify where it hurts. Mm. If you don't say it hurts in my stomach, it hurts in my leg, the doctor really will give you medicine for anything. Mm. Even when you go to a doctor, they ask you, where does it hurt? So where does it hurt right now in your life is the first question. Mm. Why does it hurt would be the second question. You know, Being in that authentic open space with yourself, where does it hurt? Mm. Because there are many triggers that come about. For example, a trigger could be someone not returning your call. It could be someone canceling plans on you. And if that happens and it shakes your core, 
where you start to see the storm inside of you, you need to ask why does mm. this hurt so much? Mm. And when you can sit still in that, it actually helps you to navigate into the root cause of where it comes from. Mm. So without going deeper into the root cause, we can't really help ourselves mm. the way we could. And that's why sometimes it is important when we are caring a lot to look for that professional help because that professional help is guided for our growth is guided for our healing and it fast tracks or accelerates what we can do if we were just wandering and doing it by ourselves without knowing what we need to be doing. Mm. So that is the key. Having the courage to ask the tough question, not just look at what it is that I'm feeling, but why am I feeling it? Mm. So the big things um, is to look at how much am I criticizing myself? Mm. How much am I judging myself? Remember I said the judge, the jury, the, 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 the lawyer, the prosecutor. Mm. Listen, how much of that is in your life? Because whatever I do to me, I do to you. Mm. Be, I can't treat you kinder than I treat myself. Mm. That is why we are not good in relationships when we haven't mastered loving ourselves. Whew. Say that one more time. We are no good <laughs> in relationships when we are not humble enough to master loving ourselves because mm. you know it is a journey so i, I don't want to say then we're gonna take it and then finally no in the process and humble enough to learn along the way to love ourselves then we can extend that mm. to someone else hmm. okay so self self-love is not pretty no actually it's, <laughs> it's not sexy work. it's not sexy it's not i mean yes elements of it can be bubble baths and all of those things but it's actually about really sitting with yourself understanding what your thoughts are where they come from mm. why you feel the way that you do and then trying to show up differently mm. okay that's interesting so would you say that self-awareness and self-esteem are the same things or are they different things Ooh, they are different things <laughs> okay esteem it's your constant regard of self mm -hmm. and when it is high we will say positive it's on the positive side when it is low even, even as we say high or low, we can already imagine a high energy and a low energy. So if I tear myself down, even when I walk out into the world, my self-awareness will be on there. I am low. I am, um, I'm going to call it, let's say bad for a lack of a better word. Versus when I hold myself in high regard, even when you do something that is not nice towards me, I don't make it me. Mm. I accept your behavior and I put boundaries between me and your behavior. Mm. But if my self-esteem is down, it becomes a, oh, why did he leave me? Oh, why didn't he text? Oh, why didn't he? Oh, why? <laughs> you make it about yourself. It's about me, but it's yeah. not about me. It's what you did, mm. which you have a right to do what you want to do. Mm. So our ability to de-associate with people's actions really has to do with our self-esteem. That's important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, that's important because I think we actually had a, a session about this the one time I was going through the most in my life <laughs> in a relationship. And you said to me, why am I personalizing these actions so much? Why am I making them about me? And and the, and why is his actions a reflection on how I see myself? And at the time I was like, this bitch. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> But that's important. That's important, I think. Um, and it's something that, I mean, it, it's, yeah, how do you get to the point where you disassociate yourself from mm. other people's actions and not necessarily internalize them? Ah, I love that. So there's a, a quote I have today on my socials, and it talks about the, a bird sitting on a branch, right, is not worried about a branch breaking because it's trust is not on the branch but it's on its wings mm. right it means the foundation it's on it can crack it will fly because mm. your the wings are, are, are fit most of us are not fit to be in a relationship but we are in relationships oh <laughs> fight you <laughs> we don't okay let's, let's break that down yeah so if you are trusting the branch meaning i'm gonna trust this partner to make me happy mm. But my wings are weak to mm. make me happy. So anything they do that is contrary to what I think I need from them will 
make me feel the thing I've been running away from feeling, mm. which is a lack of trust in my wings. Mm. So developing my wings is my job. So that even if the branch that I'm sitting on breaks, I can fly away. Mm. Only when we develop self-trust, we can truly emerge confidently. We can truly emerge honestly. We can truly emerge to acknowledge who we are without being scared of who other people are or who they need to be without requirements that are at least long. Because mm. now you are at a space where you trust you and you are centered in you mm. and you are okay with Boniswa not being there today. Mm. Mm. If Boniswa said, oh, I need to cancel quickly my sons, this, this, you're like, oh, cool girl, handle it. Mm. It's not, a, oh, she doesn't respect me. Mm. Oh, she, she doesn't, doesn't see me. me. She doesn't want to hang she out d- with me. Did I do something <laughs> wrong? <laughs> Can yeah. you see how mad it is? Mm. It becomes a madness we are so accustomed to that we don't question, but it is madness because anything can happen. So if you struggle with projecting other people's actions on you, I always say adopt a perspective where give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. It's a start. It's the most basic of starts. So when you always think the worst of people, just mm. say, oh, when you say it's late, oh, maybe there was a car accident. Mm. I will hear from her. Assume best intention. All the time. Mm. It, it's, it's a mindset and a perspective you must adopt and aggressively apply. Because mm. one, it gives you peace, but it also allows you space to interact in truth with others. Mm. What if Bonisa is always late? She's always late. She's always not rocking up. She's always, you know, what if the actions are repeated? Is it then regardless of that, regardless of the repeated actions, still trust your wings to fly. Yes. Okay. So authenticity <clears throat> is key. If Bonifa is always late and I've allowed her to be always late because I've always waited mm-hmm. again. And I'm, I've always assumed best intention. I've always waited mm-hmm. because I put time in, I chill. And I ask friend, friend, what happened this time? Mm. Friend has a reason. Han is like, girl, you don't know <laughs> what happened. Because Bonifa is in her own um, if I'm early, it will mean I'm desperate. If I'm this, again, oh, it's in her own world. Yeah. I had a client who said, Coach, I could be so early at gym, I will sit in the car until I'm late. Hmm. And I asked, But why do you do that? But you know, when I'm early and no one is there, I feel like I'm not being treated well. So she has programmed in her head that being late makes her feel important mm. or makes her feel valued. Mm. People are operating in their own paradigms. Yours is to have your boundaries. Mm. The day you can wait for Bonisa, who's always late, do wait if you want to. The day you don't want to, don't leave. Mm. It's as simple as that. Mm. But when you try to change Bonisa, who is not ready yet to work on her paradigm Mm -hmm. about why she is late, then you move into a conflict space. You always have a choice to choose what is easier for you. Mm. Do it. Sure. Without wanting to change Bonisa. I love that. Okay, so the trick is don't try to change the person mm. understand yourself understand yep. what you have capabilities for mm. um but also establish boundaries yes in those situations okay so how would you say someone can become more self-aware so we've now established that that self-esteem and self-awareness are two different things mm. how do we become more self-aware okay cool um so Awareness is acknowledging something, right? Mm -hmm. When you're aware of something, you sort of know, Mm. right? So your ability to watch yourself, right? It's like, watch yourself walking through life. Consider life a park. When you're walking through a park, there's green areas, there's water features or water areas. What attracts you Mm. is then your question, why, why, why do I like the water side, for example? right? So your ability to watch yourself walk through life mentally, emotionally, Mm. and spiritually. Mm. Then you become aware. Oh, I actually like the nightclub. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I like the golf, you know, Mm -hmm. golf course. What is it that I do that I'm aware of? Mm. And when I am aware of that and able to bear witness, remember, when you are being aware of something, you are looking at someone else doing something. Mm. So you are experiencing your life, but you're aware of you experiencing your life. Gotcha. How I feel when I'm with B. Mm. Do I feel light or do I need to burn sage when she leaves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how to become more self-aware? Watch yourself without judgment. Mm. 
most of us limit our self-awareness because we're judging ourselves mm -hmm. oh how dare i enjoy that so much how dare i don't like them but i should like them oh their social standing is this oh but i should mm. but their energy sucks the living life out of me mm. so now you move in conflict instead of in unison with your awareness mm. which is self and reflecting on what you said how you acted and being inquisitive about where that came from mm. the truth is we are socially programmed by our parents, society, religion, whatever it is, the higher power that we believe in. So that programming is always at play. So when you are judging something, ask yourself, where does that come from? Mm. And am I willing to be open enough to learn something new? Mm. I won't learn something new from myself. B, I learn something new from you. Mm. Right? When I'm open to see you without judgment, then my awareness brings me to saying, actually, I don't know that. Mm. But because I don't judge it as wrong, I don't fear learning from you. Mm. But the moment I judge it or judge you, I will fear learning from you. Mm. Because I will think learning from you makes me lose my identity. Which is not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> you have your set of values, mm -hmm. which comes from how you have shaped yourself internally, which comes from how you were raised. So we are always interacting on the invisible, mm. which is our values. But because we don't know how to articulate our values well and to assess our values well, we then end up judging each other mm. instead of being open to learn from one another. It's so easy to learn from someone if you're willing. Mm. But because we think me willing to learn means I'm accepting, we stop ourselves. Oof, that's important, actually. Yeah. That's very important because just because I'm open to learning from you. Yeah. It's okay to learn from you, from you and not necessarily adopt no. what you're saying. Thank you. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's very, very important. Have you always been this confident? <laughs> and if not, what steps did you take to get to confidence? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was laughing when you were doing the intro about the confidence. <laughs> because I don't think I have always been. Okay. For me, my life changed when I went through the coaching process, to be honest, mm. if we're being frank and honest, that is when I started seeing me. Mm. I have always or had always been scared of showing up. Mm -hmm. I had always been scared of showing my light. And what do we normally mean by that? When people celebrate you, you cringe. Mm. There's something you're like, oh, no, not so much, not so much. You know, no, no, not too much. Yeah. So I had always looked for more wrong in me, mm. right? Which means I will not show up. As an example, when I was younger, I never used to smile because I thought my teeth or my lips were not right. Mm. I never used to wear short sleeves because I thought my shoulders were wrong. And it was all a story in my head and it was real. Mm. And I acted in that way. Mm. So if the question was, were you always confident? No. Mm -hmm. Only this year, and I'm 36, I'm wearing crop tops for the first time <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah. Because I had always thought crop tops are for a certain type of body. Mm. But I've been saying to myself, let's learn to love and accept ourselves first. Mm. So that has been my work in the last year fully wholly me mm. the way i look the way my body is shaped the proportions to of whatever i have let's make that work for us mm. let let me find that pleasing to me and in that awareness then this confident thing that people say you have starts to show gotcha. right but it wasn't always there because at the beginning or before coaching, it was the voices of other people. Mm. It was really the voices of other people playing out what I said in the self-esteem. Find the authority voice that you held in high regard when you were younger. Mm -hmm. What did they used to say to you? And what are you saying to yourself now mm. because of that voice? So what I have done in my journey of developing my self-confidence, it is really to accept myself. Mm. And I think that work is one noble work uh, that we must do. One of my coaches made me sit in the mirror and say, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Mm -hmm. I honor you. I accept you. Mm. I love you. And, and it sounds tedious, mm. but it's not. And the point is to look into your eyes. At first, it's so uncomfortable because mm. you don't love this person. And you want to love this person, but you tell them something is wrong with them. Mm. But there's not love now. 
So you get to challenge the things that you've been accepting in yourself. But now that you are looking into your eyes, now it doesn't feel so easy to say, mm. which means you need to confront it and look at the acceptance that you say you need to have. Mm. So for me, mirror work is one of those, way, even with my body. Mm. I look at my body coming out of the shower. I have a big mirror. I saw myself <laughs> naked and I was like, girl, who is that? Yeah, and I went back to the mirror and looked at myself naked mm. and said, I love you, I honor you. There is no part of you that is not okay. Mm. There is no part of you that needs to be done this, done that, done that. This is not to run away from, I need to be fit, I need to be healthy. But right now, as you are, mm. I love you. Mm. And look for that feeling inside of you that is love. Mm. And until that feeling comes, you stand there. And you do the work mm. because no one else can give you that when it doesn't resonate from every fiber of yourself. Mm. Sure. So then when does the shift happen? So you're standing in front of the mirror, you are speaking affirmations, you're speaking love into the saggy boobs, <laughs> the fupa, yes. the yes. stretch marks, Especially the, the fupa. all of these things, right? Mm. When does it get to a point where it clicks? And it's like, it becomes truth. Is it just a fake it till you make it kind of thing? Or? It's, and it's not the fake it till you make it. It is to say, do I know the feeling of feeling good? Mm. If I know a feeling of feeling good somewhere in our lives, for example, I, I deal with high performers who can perform miracles at work. Mm. But at home, when it's time to communicate their feelings. That is so true. Mm -hmm. Exhibit A. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, still working on that. <laughs> when it's time to say, I'm not okay here, yeah. we don't know. So it's not, so you can't fake it. Mm. It is to say, I'm looking at this full part that is mine. Mm. It is enough, I love you. And that's it. Mm. And if I love my knees, for, for me, I have a thing for feet and my legs. Mm. I transfer that feeling into my football. It deserves I love that. <laughs> yeah, it deserves loving like those. So things. you take the area that you really love yes. and transfer that to the area that you love less. Yes, because okay. now we are learning to accept fully, mm. right? When you're learning to accept fully, it hasn't changed, right? I'm not going to wake up loving myself because I have changed. Mm. It is actually loving me now that helps me change. Mm. I'm going to repeat that because that is very important. Most people will think I will be nicer and kinder when I have a husband, when I have this uh, business or this money, when I'm driving this car. Uh-uh. Right now, as I am, I am worthy of that love. I am worthy of that joy. I am worthy of that happiness. And I have full access to it right now. Mm. As long as I'm willing to love where I am right now. Mm. So looking at that example of the body, this body right now with the fupa is carrying my soul. Mm. And it deserves all of my love. Right now, it's carrying my soul. And it deserves all of my love. There's no amount of chiseling it into something else <laughs> that will make me wake up loving it tomorrow. Mm. If today, I don't honor and love it for who and what it is. Mm. And it's learning that and being willing to learn how to do that. And if it's foreign to us, we need to understand that we are learning. Mm. So it's not a... One day, you know, when you go to gym, there is no day on day 70 you're going to have a six-pack. No, you see it emerge mm -hmm. because you are consistently doing the thing. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I was like, oh, actually, oh, oh, there is no time where today at two o'clock you will have a six -pack. No, but because daily you do something towards that, it, it comes out. Mm -hmm. The change is inevitable. The transformation is inevitable. The growth is inevitable. The joy is inevitable. As long as I'm willing to sit and engulf myself in truth and love, no matter what comes up when I'm doing that mirror work. Sure. Okay. No. I, yeah. Yo, hey, sure. I think we need an ad break. <laughs> sure. Okay. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'd like to talk to emotional intelligence a little bit. Mm-hmm. What exactly is emotional intelligence and why is it an important thing to have? Is it an important thing to have? And if so, why is it important to have? Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you. That is my favorite topic. Let's look at intelligence. <laughs> you know, when you have intelligence, what do you have? You have valuable 
information. One definition says the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. Mm -hmm. Another definition says the collection of information of military or political value, mm -hmm. which means it leads to your ability to protect yourself, your ability to leverage mm -hmm. your resources to make your own um, well-being, for example, sustained, mm -hmm. right? So intelligence by the, the word itself is supposed to make you better. But here we're talking about the emotional one, mm. right? Which is already inside of you because you're already feeling what you're feeling. So emotional intelligence is the ability not only to be aware of your own feelings, but to use that awareness of your own feelings and emotions to process what you need to do so that you leverage for yourself in your position. Mm. And it is also the awareness of other people's emotions. As parents, we do this so well. When we see a child, we know whether a child is lying to us. We know whether a child is happy. We know when a child is not safe because mm -hmm. we look at their body language. It's already speaking almost, let's say, 50% before the words, which are 7%, before the voice, which is 18%, whatever. Mm -hmm. So there is levels of communication of our emotions that we need to be mindful of mm -hmm. so that we can use that intelligence, which is valuable information. So when you're emotionally intelligent, it means you are able to use the emotional information mm -hmm. for leveraging your position. So there are two things to be aware of here, guys. There is emotional awareness. I feel angry. Mm -hmm. That's surface. <laughs> okay. It's in you. You're feeling it. Mm. But an intelligent person or the intelligence portion of it will be why. Mm. Why when Bunolo does this, this makes me angry. Now we are looking for valuable information which so is that, emotional intelligence yes okay so that you can enhance your knowledge and skills to mm. process that but we all stop it i feel angry <laughs> <laughs> i feel sad <laughs> <laughs> i'm hurt uh, yeah. how, how, how does that help you though fam? it okay. doesn't help you because you're not asking why okay. you're not asking why with this situation so when you are moving into intelligence, you have to be able to interrogate. Mm. Again, for you to be able to interrogate, it means you need to come to your emotions without judgment. Mm. If we think it's wrong to be angry, we're going to judge ourselves for feeling angry. We're going to remain in just the, I feel angry. Mm. If we think being hurt is, is a bad thing, it makes us weak. We're going to try to hide it because we've judged it. And then you're going to remain hurt. Mm. Never having the tools to process and apply the knowledge behind why we feel angry and hurt for us to leverage for our position going forward. Mm. So think of emotional intelligence as proper military or political value <laughs> type of information. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So say we have we've moved from I feel angry to mm -hmm. asking myself why do I feel this way? Mm. So is it still emotional intelligence if after I've asked myself why mm. I make the reasons about you again? So ah. I make it because she did this to me, because he did this to me, because he etc. Mm. Or is emotional intelligence like I feel angry? Why do I feel angry? Because actions that they did this it sparked this feeling. Aha. Uh -huh. So yeah, how do we how do we know how do we know that we are moving to intelligence? <laughs> I love that, and you you've partly answered it. So there is a process in in mining. We learned it's five whys, mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's a, somewhere where you are looking for a root cause. Mm -hmm. Root cause. When you're looking for a root cause, it means you're going under the ground. When you see a tree, you see a whole tree outside. But when you go beyond the ground, meaning you are digging, you find the roots. Mm -hmm. And what do the roots do? They support the plant firmly into the ground, but they also get food for the plant. Mm -hmm. And for a plant that is, or a tree that is bigger, it needs to have deeper roots. Mm -hmm. So when you have an emotional response that is hectic, like... Uh, you lose your mind when someone does this. It means it's so deeply rooted in you mm. and you have to do more work when you want to deal with that kind of response or that emotion that you need the support um, to get there because you'll always block yourself just at the ground level when you fear your emotion. Mm. So the five whys, there is the surface, which I just said now, for example, um, what you feel. I feel anger, right? Mm. Then the next question it is what triggered this anger. Then it is what you said just now, B, um, Bunolo was late, mm. right? 
And then the next why would be, when Bunolo is late, why do I feel this way? Mm. I feel this way because I feel disregarded. And why do I feel disregarded? Mm. Now we are on the third why, sort of. Mm. Because when my parents were late, they would make me wait until all other kids are gone at school, mm. example. And why would me being the only kid left at school make me feel bad or whatever it is? Mm. Because I felt unloved. I felt not important. I felt... So no, now we're at the root of it. Mm. I can say you did something, but I can ask myself why you doing something makes me feel this way. Mm. Then I'm going into another layer, which is beyond what you did. Mm. So when I have the courage to go beyond what you did and then find the next why, I am at me again. So you can always come back to yourself. Even when I allow you to help me see. Because remember, I've triggered something that is in you. Mm. A trigger is always in you. Just someone else helps you see it. Mm. It's a landmine <laughs> in you. So the landmine is already there. Oh, it's ready to pop. Okay. And you've just been kind enough to pop it for me now. Mm. If you didn't pop it, someone else would. Mm. Because I have not removed the landmines. But when I go beyond you popping it for me, which is amazing because that's what human beings are there for. Mm. Relationships are for our growth. Contrary to popular belief, not for our happiness. <laughs> it's just a byproduct. Uh-huh but they are for our growth. Mm. So you will trigger me and I will be able to go to that second layer. Mm. If you don't trigger me, it's because I'm not emotionally connected to the need that this trigger I keep hiding with you has. Mm. So you can be late, I don't mind it. But when my mother is late, Mm. I blow off my top. Mm. It's because the trigger is connected to whatever emotional need my mother gives me. Mm. And that's why with friends, we are gentle and kind. And for example, B, I'm not threatened by your financial status. Let's say you don't have money. Mm. I don't feel, oh my God, I can't sleep at night. But when a husband doesn't have money, I'm suffocating. Mm. Because my emotional need for provision and safety and security is attached to this person. Mm. So that's why then my trigger will come from this this person. Oh, that's so interesting. So then would you say then that it's important for you to... When you are feeling triggered, mm. understand why it is that it's coming from this person and what need mm. it's trying to... You got it, my sister. Take, take, take. <laughs> Ooh, okay. You spot on. Okay. The moment you can start connecting those dots, you are on your way. Mm. Again, what stops people from that? Judgment. And what stops people from that? Entitlement. Mm. You feel you're entitled to this person's behavior in this manner that comforts you. Mm. Mm. So instead of dealing with why you're triggered, you still demand that they should have acted like this, actually. Mm. Then that's why you don't move. But if you are humble enough to say, why? Why does it trigger me? What do I need? And then remember the last responsibility is giving that to yourself. (laughs) And when you don't want to give it to yourself, we're back. The trigger Mm. surface. So if we've done the work, right, we've asked ourselves the five whys, mm-hmm. we are now at the root. Mm-hmm. What do I do with this information? It's time to heal. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's time to heal. It's mm-hmm. time to give to yourself what you've been saying you need or what you felt you didn't have. Marianne said this so nicely for, for me, Marianne Williamson from uh, Return to Love, the book that we are not in pain because of the love we didn't receive from our parents when we were younger. We are in pain now because of the love we refuse to give. Mm. So we use the past hurt to validate us closing our hearts now. Mm. So you're not in pain because of what someone didn't do for you 10 years ago. You are in pain now because of you. Mm. And what you refuse to do now because Because of... Because of what happened 10 years ago. Can you see who is in charge? <laughs> and that for me was like, what? Uh, and I started exploring it. Many of us know this stuff. Many of us have um, had encounters with coaches, with psychologists, but we refuse to apply it. Mm-hmm. We refuse to interrogate, what does this mean for me? 
So when I look at my mom, what grudges do I still hold? When I look at my dad, what story in my head did I still want him to fulfill for me? That is stopping me from loving him now. Because mm. if I'm willing to do that work, then I can start slowly, gently breaking down those walls. You are not in pain because of the love you didn't re receive when you were younger. You are in pain now because of the love you refuse to give mm. because of what happened in the past. And that is liberating because that means you are in control. You are in charge. That means you have all opportunities mm -hmm. for growth and healing and expansion. So the healing aspect mm -hmm. comes from you, basically. Always. <laughs> Is we've asked ourselves the five whys. Mm -hmm. We have seen that the pain that we feel is because of what I'm refusing to do now. Mm -hmm. And now I have this information available to me. And now I know what the root causes are mm. and why Bunisabin Bait made me feel the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. Now I'm sitting with this information. Now it's time to sit up a session. Like what I'm trying to understand is where is the outlet? Uh -huh. You know, like after I've, I've gathered all of this information, uh -huh. what now? <laughs> what, what do I do with it? I love B asked this question from. I need, I need to do something. I know. You know me. <laughs> I will have KPIs. <laughs> do something. So our, level, our levels of healing are multi-layered. Mm. It could be as simple as just showing up on time for myself. Mm. Can you see how when I'm showing up on time for myself, I release or relieve mm. the pressure from other people to do it for I me. I love that. Okay. Can you see that's 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 the physical level? Mm -hmm. I'm addressing the people who want to do mm -hmm. the needs, the use. <laughs> so the the doers, you start to do in the alignment of what you say you value, and mm -hmm. uh, what you expected from other people. You soothing. Remember, a wound is such an interesting thing because the body knows what to do to heal itself, mm -hmm. but you can assist it by cleaning the wound, by putting ointment, by covering it up. Yeah, assisting. It, but it's not to say that without that, it wouldn't have healed if you just poured salt water mm. to disinfect the wound. Mm. So it depends on how well resourced you are, resourced you are in terms of your journey. So you can actually do the multi-layered. Mm -hmm. So on the physical plane, we can start to gently give to ourselves what we need. Yes, what we seek. Mm. And that already relieves so much pressure. And then on the spiritual plane, it is to now move into the part which is wounded where this anger comes from right where this lack of acceptance come from when i no longer need you be to be anything for me to be okay i'm liberated mm. i'm going to repeat that when i boniswa no longer need you Bunolo, to be anything other than who you are i'm free but when you do for me what you think i need either you're going to tiptoe around me that's how we end up walking around eggshells and relationships. Mm -hmm. Because a person says, I need you to be on time all the time. Even when you can't make it, there's a car accident on the road. But because you're now doubting yourself, you're thinking about me then thinking about your own well-being. Mm -hmm. So we move each other into conflict spaces when we are not walking in the truth of who we are mm -hmm. in that moment. That is why you have to assess every situation for what it is, not what you did to me four years ago. Mm -hmm. But most partners are on the what happened 13 years ago. <laughs> oh, you did this 14 years ago. Oh, girl, don't so me. now I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to be with you now, but there's 14 years ago that must come up every time mm -hmm. we go through what is why you were late for this. Mm -hmm. Why are you even watching if I'm late? Just sit there and eat the bread. <laughs> you know, they give you bread at restaurants. <laughs> Just While you're waiting for your and menu. And enjoy your own company. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but you're busy there getting angry. Mm. You wanted to be there on time. Isn't mm. that not enough? Mm. But because you are not healed, you still want us all to be in this cast and roles that you want to put us in. Yeah. But when those are not true, be you need to be free to be open to say, oh, Bonisa, today this is what happened. And because it is what happened. Mm. But when I'm putting this cast of you being in this role, which is why I'm very mindful of saying, you always do. You must never say that. Mm -hmm. You always, you, you always, you, you're always late. No, you, you are casting this role for me. Mm 
of always. Always is all the time. Mm. And no one is always nice and no one is always bad. We are all a mix, Mm -hmm. a cocktail of all facets Mm -hmm. of the life experience. So when you cast me in one as always, then I must fight this cast and it's just (laughs) not nice. (laughs) Sure, I love that. Okay, so we've established how to build um, self-esteem. We've established how to build self-awareness or some of the, the, the tricks and tools to go about that. I think um, just to wrap it up, I'm interested to know, and I think you've touched on it a little bit, but what would you say to people who want to heal and want to do inner work, um, but they're afraid of their identity being stripped away mm. because of it? So like I mentioned earlier, I used to carry heaviness on my sleeve. Like I used to have just a heavy energy because I thought it gave me substance and it made me deep. Um, I listened to conscious hip hop. I mean, which I still listen to, but I'm able to like separate myself. You know, I was, I was, I was a chakrahan. You know, <laughs> what people Chakras. like to explain the chakrahans. You know, just just a lot of heavy um, conscious um, content that I was consuming, and it was part of who I was, right? It was part of my identity and all of those things. And so, a part of me also felt like if I now go into this healing thing, what does that mean for? who I think I am. So what would you say to people who want to start their journey, but they are afraid of what that will do in terms of stripping them off of their identity? Mm. So if you're known as the depressed girl, for yes. example, or you're known as the girl with like high functional anxiety, and it's mm. like, you know, you like that people are like, oh my gosh, she's always working until 3 a.m. Nah, 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 nah. But like, actually you're anxious. So, <laughs> so, so what would you say to, yeah, people who are... Uh in that frame of mind okay wow that 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 one i love and it's deep (laughs) my first question is why that identity Mm -hmm. if you can sit with yourself and really ask why that identity for every label we put on ourselves there's a benefit to that label so even in that identity there's a name we're going to use, for example, high functional perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But when we go in a deeper level, you are perfect or seek to be perfect because you fear that anything you give, which is not according to this level of perfectionism, is not enough. Mm. Um, you were raised by a highly critical person. So you learned that you needed to perform to the standard to be accepted. Mm. So at the at, 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 after the surface or below the surface of the identity that are formed, that if I heal, I'm no longer going to be this depressed girl. The question is, what was I benefiting mm. from being the depressed girl? Mm. Because we sometimes use our pain to block people off, justify our behavior, mm-hmm. meaning not take responsibility for our behavior. And that is why this term I love and not love is tough love when there needs to be truth between you and the people around you. We've loved you, we've cared for you, you have these choices, but you simply don't want them. So you still want to be in pain. And until you know why and how that serves you, you won't come out of it. Mm-hmm. So to to not be in the space of fearing your losing your identity, if your identity serves you, keep it. Mm-hmm. It serves you, right? Mm-hmm. But if it keeps you in pain, so who is it serving? Mm-hmm. Who are you bluffing? So the question becomes, who are you modeling for? Who are you performing for? Because this is not a circus, it's your life. Mm. And even at the circus, the show ends. So what does it need for you to move into the part where you end the circus Mm -hmm. or end the show so that you can be you? Mm. And it is taxing as well to you because you will do all these things to align with the story, but you know you're not being authentic. Mm -hmm. So it gives you more pain. And that is why when we have this identity, we're trying to keep up. We are not okay. We are heavy because we are not ourselves. Mm. We are not allowing the light. When you look at yourself, you are a balance of of life energy. That's why there's day and night. You don't refuse to sleep at night because you love day a lot. (laughs) And if you did, Uh you'll be mad Uh because your body and your mind need the rest. Mm. So when you refuse to be heavy because you want to feel the pain, a lot. That's why you go onto the other side and you say you're chemically imbalanced. Beautiful terms, right? Mm-hmm. But what it means is you are refusing to allow the other side of life to permeate through you. Mm-hmm. We are never meant to hold things in us. 
you're supposed to allow things to pass through you. And as we are healing, when we feel emotions, we don't hold them. We allow them to pass through us. You can't hold on to the day and refuse for the night to come. It will come anyway, by fire, by force. Same way you can't hold on to a happy state all the time. Life will happen. We can lose parents, we can lose children, we can lose partners, we can lose friends. But when we decide to use that reason to block the light, it doesn't mean the light doesn't exist anymore. Mm. It just means we've closed our curtains. And that is why sometimes when we're depressed, we close our curtains as a symbol of closing the curtains of our heart. Mm. It's us. I think we'll leave it at that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's done. We'll leave it at that, folks. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I think, thank you so much for this very therapeutic episode. I hope all of you at home um, have taken something away from this episode, have learned something from this episode. Where can people find you if people want to contact you, get in contact if they want, you know, mm. if they want to be the fab- their fabulous selves, <laughs> where can they find you? I am definitely on Instagram as Boniswatlada, on Facebook, Boniswatlada, on LinkedIn, Boniswatlada Transformation Coach, on Thinkific with my most amazing course, online courses, Getting Emotionally Unstuck, Relating in Relationships, and The Awakened Parent. For me, those are online accessible all the time. If you know there's work you need to do, start there. Then when you're ready for the... <laughs> for the surgery, for the operation. Yes, check the link in bio in my Instagram. You can book your online. Luckily now technology allows us to be anywhere in the world. And then we can go deeper into your own development journey. But yeah, that's where I am on the online streets. <laughs> Thank you so much, Boniswa. Uh, I can definitely vouch for the classes. <laughs> I think I'm a better person because of them. Um, <laughs> still learning though, still working. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank in you. Classroom. Thank you, everybody at home, wherever you are for listening and tuning in and for attending this class that they didn't have in school. Until next week. Woohoo! Bye. Thank you, B. <laughs>